Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tip Show, everyone. I'm here with Shannon. Shannon, welcome. Hi. Super excited to chat chat with you today. And any conversation we can have about playing with the world is a good thing. You're the author of Play (laughs) with the World. Tell us a little bit about the name of the book and what inspired you to to, uh, bring it all together with that title. Yeah, well, Play with the World's my website, and it's this amazing place where people can come and feel uplifted and really joyful. And it started five years ago because I was actually depressed. I was in corporate, suffering from corporate burnout, and I really had a kind of a quarter-life crisis. And I said, man, I need a resource. It's something that was looking outside, and I didn't see a lot of uh, motivation. And so I started to document my journey leaving corporate and leaving depression. And I ended up traveling and I became a travel writer and started to use this as a uplifting place for people to come and find more of joy. And now it's my website and it's this beautiful place where I post videos, I post content weekly, daily, just to inspire people to live their lives more fully. Now you, of course, are the author of Adventures for Your Soul, the new book you published. Is that an offspring of Play With the World? Yeah, so Adventures for Your Soul, what I found through my journey of leaving corporate and really kind of walking away from all the things that didn't serve me, including the depression and the dark days, there are certain habits that we have as people that hinder us. We don't even realize it. And I documented them. I'm a life coach now, too. And and through my travels, through my workshops, I started to identify that there's really 21 barriers that block us. And they're all fear-based habits, such as settling or such as not dreaming big enough or focusing on what we don't want. These are all kind of fear-driven things we do on the subconscious level. And what I have done and learned in my own life is a process on how to remove these fear-based kind of mentalities and turn them into more loving thoughts and actionable ways we can live more fully. And that's really how the book came about. So Adventures for Your Soul is 21 Ways to Transform Habits so we can all live our full potential. And it just came out. It's so exciting to have this book out in the world. And, of course, there are tips from the book on the blog, Play With the World, of course, as well. Right on. And I wanted to ask a little bit about your corporate experience before we dive into some of these transformations that you talk about in the new book. Tell us, what were you doing in the corporate world and how stressful was it and how was the transition away from it? Yeah, so for me, I was actually an advertising. I was a graphic designer and I was working at one of the largest ad agencies in the world. I was living in Chicago at the time. And it it looked great. It was very glamorous. But on the outside, it kind of looked like I had it all together. But on the inside, it was a completely different story. And I think a lot of us do this. We feel like we're just kind of going through the motions or we're going to get the paycheck. But there's real no true fulfillment within that. And I really hit this moment where I said, there's got to be more to life. And at the time, I was only 27, and I I kind of realized, you know, I put myself through grad school to go into advertising. This was going to be my forever plan. What happens when you get to your plan and it doesn't feel at all like what you had expected? Well, for me, it was like a rock bottom, a depression. And I realized I I could turn it around, and I did. And so through the transition, I started to – I walked away from the corporate structure – and I, I, I started to freelance. I took part-time jobs and started to 
find what brought me joy, which happened to be writing. And so I left graphic design to become a writer, but I still did freelance in the transition, which was a nice process. Now, uh, having worked at Hill Holland and myself, uh, the, the big the big agency, uh, yeah, life, agency. Life, lifestyle is, is is stressful. Did you feel stressed to to win awards, to make customers happy, all of the above? Yeah, the the, the peer pressure of advancing within the organization. And how long did you work in that environment before you kind of burned out? <laughs> Yeah, you know, 100%. I think a lot of corporations, but advertising especially, it's very, it's a creative hot pocket where there's creative fuels your passion forward and there's just awards, pressure. And I felt that. So I, w- I was working up to 70, 80 hours a week as, as a creative, as an art director. Um, and it was, it was taxing. It, my spirit was really suffering, me personally, because it felt misplaced. I wanted to help others. I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to sell people products they really liked, but it was hard for me to fall in love with what I was advertising. So I think it it happens to a lot of us just in advertising, but any corporate job, really, there's pressure. It's the politics. And I had to step away from that, which Mm. I did. The freelance life can also be stressful. Uh, there, there are lots of uh, freelancers in the world these days. Incredible percentage of the population. Um, did you were you less stressed at least in that environment, or was living to paycheck to paycheck also stressful? Oh, it was one hundred percent the most the best thing I ever did for myself and my soul because I I needed to be free and I needed to have my own schedule. So for me. I freelance, but I started to pick my own clients. I started to work with other authors who actually are New York Times bestsellers. And I started to create this mini boutique agency working with authors who are in the self-help community, people who are already doing the stuff that I saw myself doing, which I'm doing now. And it was this beautiful training. So instead of selling beer and potato chips, I was like advertising self-help books or designing websites for, you know, new thought leaders who are on Oprah and stuff. So it was a very fulfilling process for me. And I let go of the worry about money. Sure, I was making less money, but I was more fulfilled because I was giving myself uh, opportunity to write every day, which is my true passion, to write and to travel. And so I would, you know, I took part-time jobs as well. I also did a freelance. I I basically followed my curiosity, as Elizabeth Gilbert says, if you don't know what you want to do, because when I first left corporate, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I had to leave. And I followed my curiosity, which led me to be a writer. And that's what we can all do. Where do habits play into success? And do you subscribe, for example, to the famous book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Do you think that effective people and and happy people have habits that are repeatable and something you can learn and develop? Yes, 100%. I think that's exactly what my new book, Adventures for Your Soul, is all about how we can transform our habits because they do hold us back. And, you know, happiness and success and fulfillment and inner peace is is really all tied to how we show up for ourselves daily. And sometimes we have habits that block us. And so it's a lot like working out. You go to the gym to build up your muscles or to lose weight, and the consistency is where you see the results. You don't just go to the gym for one day and you feel sore and then sometimes we quit, right? But it's about training your inner brain, training your inner heart to really follow your heart, step into the purpose of making your dreams come true. It all goes back to habits, yeah. Habits hold us back, but they advance us forward. How do you know which of your habits fall on which side of the table? Yes, it's exactly the way we feel. So if you feel like you're feeling 
overwhelmed or hindered or blocked or judged or shamed, anything in that realm, that's a habit that's probably hurting you. And when we feel uplifted, inspired, excited, these are habits that move us forward. And we know, we know. If we really get honest with ourselves, most of us, see, here's, the, here's why I wrote my new book, Adventures for Your Soul, because most of us, believe it or not, 40% of our day is made up by habits, habitual things we don't even think about, like brushing our teeth. It's just automatic. You know, getting your coffee in the morning. They're just routine. And some of the things like that are, you know, they help us. They're part of staying healthy. But there's certain habits such as focusing on what's not working or choosing fear or criticizing yourself or, you know, overanalyzing certain situations instead of taking action. These are the habits that hurt our success or opportunity for happiness. And so this really, I, I needed to put it into a process because I was working with a lot of people in my coaching practice and I realized, oh my gosh, like there is a way to transform these habits. And by doing that, I we choose joy and joy pulls us through. The first word of your book, Adventures for the Soul, is interesting, adventures. You know, why, why is this an adventure for you to transform your, your habits in your life, really? Absolutely. Adventure is one of the coolest words in the whole language. I love that it's part of the title. <laughs> Me but too, I'm by the way. But I'm an adventure girl. Yeah, right? So if you go to play with the world, you see that it's all about adventure. I'm skydiving. I'm doing these amazing, fun things. Like, I, what helped pull me out of transition from corporate was I pulled out my bucket list that I had. I wrote when I was 14, and here I was at age 27, looking at all these things that were not, you know, I hadn't taken time to do in my life. And the bucket list, which I call a magic list, is not always adventures like go skydiving. For me, it happens to be these crazy adventures, but. What happens when we show up and do what we love, it becomes a declaration of I matter, my dreams matter. And that's what the true adventure, and adventure is a daring act and courageous you know, act if you look it up in the dictionary, but it's more than that. It's really about being fully present in the journey and, and opening your eyes to the possibilities of what could be. So that's why Adventures for Your Soul is Adventures for Your Soul. Hmm. Could you give us some examples of, of at least one bad habit that we need to change or avoid that's probably affecting our lives? Yeah, I would love to. I think a really habit that happens for a lot of us is we actually focus on what we don't want without even realizing it. We say we want to lose weight, but then when we get on the scale after eating healthy for a weekend, we don't lose weight and we get frustrated, so then our attention immediately goes back to what's not working. Or in any situation, you know, I want to find a soulmate, and we end up focusing on how there's a lack or that person isn't here or I want more money. We end up unconsciously literally living our day out by having these constant thoughts of what isn't easy fixes to actually cultivate a sense of awareness by looking inward and, and recognizing where your attention is going because we get what we focus on. So if we're focusing on what we don't want, even though we say we want something, a lot of the times we keep getting what we don't want. So it's about shifting it. So I often say see it, which means recognize this, this belief that's holding you back or focusing on the lack, and then stop it by addressing it and saying, this, I'm focusing on, on lack, and then shift it. And you can literally shift it to a more loving presence or say, return again to your goal. I want this way, I want my soulmate, you know, so to speak. So focusing on what you want is actually a breakthrough way to see more clearly and see your dreams come true faster. 
really interesting example, sort of focusing on what is working and what you want as opposed to yeah, really cool. Um, another question is, is the difficulty in achieving – well, here's a better question. Better say this. I believe that sometimes we need to sort of do a diagnostic of our of our lives. You know, the, the process that we go through. You know, how, how, what we've chosen to take on, uh, whether we're achieving those goals or not, um, and somehow color coding all of this so we can see we're doing a good job or a bad job. I happen to be doing that right now for my company, and actually brought in a consultant that's sort of evaluating the different departments, and I'm helping. Uh, him sort of craft this diagnosis so he can make better recommendations and understand our process and procedure. My question for you mm-hmm. is, how do you develop that diagnosis of yourself? How do you recognize your bad habits? Is there a way to do that? And can your book help us? Yes, I want to say, of course it can. That's why I wrote the book, because I think, uh, honestly, habits are habits, and that means they're habitual, and a lot of them are subconscious. We do them because they're so ingrained in our daily routine. So it's just like breaking a habit, like biting your nails or quitting. Maybe you want to stop eating after dinner or, you know, even breaking addictions. These are all habits, and there's a process. And once you understand the process, you can really remove them in a compassionate way. And so what I do, and and there's different habits, and depending on what the habit is, we need to address each habit kind of silo. There's not this universal thing like, oh, just think positive thoughts, you know, and focus on what you want totally all the time. It depends on what the habit is and where it's based. But I will tell you that habits that hinder our happiness are always based on fear. And what I mean by that is maybe there's a dream that you have or a goal, and you're not taking action on it. That's because fear. And so what I do throughout the book is I talk about based on which fear we're addressing. It's basically a big giant mental makeover or or a fear detox, if you will. And we address it based on where you are in the process and which habits. So if you want to get more clear or maybe you have a goal, maybe you want to start writing a book, but you haven't, you just haven't taken the time, well, we'll look at and the book takes you through a process that maybe you identify that you're actually afraid of failure and that's why you haven't started. That's why you haven't taken action. And so then what I do is bring in a joy route to help you really remove any fear in that area so you can really be joyful and start acting on your inspiration and feel joyful in each moment of your day because you're doing what you love. It all comes back to doing what you love and and living a fulfilled life. Hmm. At the same time, and this is an unusual question, can fear be a, a, a driver for success in some strange ways that we need to be extremely careful about? Yeah, and I, I don't even know if careful is the right word. I think fear can be our friend. And I, I talk about that in the sense that fear is the motivator. I mean, there's two types of fear. There's the fear that your life's in danger, the shark's coming, the bear's going to eat you, you know, like real fear. But our brain doesn't know the difference between your life is in danger and the fear of the creative process. For example, if you have a goal that you want to, to, to manifest, you want to start your own bakery, you want to write that book or, you know, start a family there can be fear that comes up. And what happens when we start taking steps toward our dreams, the fear gets a lot louder. And I actually use that fear as a motivator to, you know, work with it. We can start talking to our fear. And there's a part in here in the book where we address the fear. When I first left corporate, the the fear got so loud that it was almost paralyzing. I stayed in corporate after I hit rock bottom for a few months because of the fear of how are you going to make money? What are you going to do? Who's, who's going to, you know, all these fears come up. And I said, you know, this is just fear trying to protect me. 
I thanked the fear. I said, okay, thank you. I see you're trying to protect me, and I think we can all do this instead of trying to run from it, allow it to be there. And then as soon as you address it, it goes away. It's not nearly as strong as it was. And then we're able to live from a more inspired place. Let's take a break, everyone. Back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. We're back with Shannon. Shannon, thanks so much for being with us today. Hi, it's awesome to be here. Right on. I want to ask you about happiness. Have you seen that in, that wonderful seven year old woman who goes in a seven year old girl who goes into a lovely soliloquy about how happiness and the happiness of her parents is of utmost importance to her? That talks about the happiness of everyone in the world. Have you seen that video? I haven't seen it. So I'm I have it. I have got to get that to you and 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 would love your opinions on it it's it's really powerful she is seven and talking directly from her heart and is incredibly articulate it's it's very powerful um but i wanted to ask you about happiness is happiness a selfishly driven possibility or can it involve more than yourself and and is therefore something that must be uh, a a quest for us all. Can you explain that distinction for us all? Yeah, I would love to. And I think this, again, is is something that blocks a lot of us because, as I say in my my book, Adventures for Your Soul, there's a part where I talk about how we feel that happiness or pursuing our dreams is selfish. 
And I think this happens for a lot of us because we haven't been trained to focus on what we want. We haven't been taught how to go after our dreams uh, because there's responsibilities. There's people to take care of. There's things around us that need our responsibilities more than our own, you know, pursuit of fearless, you know, going out and making your dreams come true. But the, the reality is when we show up for other people, things feel exhausted, tired, overwhelmed and we feel like something's missing and most of us walk around feeling numb or like maybe is this all there is and that is because we aren't showing up for ourselves there's unmet expectation dreams goals inspirations that live inside of us these nuggets of of wisdom that want to be born of inspiration so it really comes back to yes we owe it to ourselves to follow our hearts which means stepping into your dreams and and taking action on them because when you do that, you lift up everyone around you and you lift up the world. So it's not self-serving at all. It's actually your responsibility if you really want to make a difference for those around you and the world. I learned some time ago that we seem to have this innate desire to help other people in our lives. It makes us feel good. Do you think that there's a root of of achieving happiness by helping other people? And is that something you, you, you think we should uh, focus a lot more on to achieve true happiness? Yeah, you know, I just posted a blog about this this morning that a lot of times we, we want to be really happy and we do that by, you know, feeling like we're just going to show up and do the best we can. But sometimes it comes back down to serving and actually helping others. So instead of saying, what can I get? No matter what your goal is, what can I get? Can I get more of this? Can I get more followers? Can I get more money? Can I get the lower number on the scale? Ask, what can I give? And the energy of giving and sharing your expression, your truth, your stories with others is a beautiful way to help yourself feel more fulfilled. And honestly, when I was stuck in depression in corporate, one of the fastest, easiest, the, the, the smartest ways that I was able to move into happiness was giving. And so I started to volunteer at an animal shelter. So I was in the thick of my depression, in the thick of it. And I would volunteer and showing up consistently to help the animals really opened up the space in my heart. And I knew I was making a difference. And it was completely self, selfless. Like it, it had nothing, there was no expectations on it, you know. So when we give, we want to make sure we're not putting expectations of, oh, if I do this, then maybe I'll get something or maybe I'll, you know, win more or whatever. It's about just being in the process of allowing yourself to show up for others by giving who you are. I agree. It makes you happy. <clears throat> I I proved this science out just on a side note with some training I was doing in sales about 20 years ago. And I would go into, I was a director of worldwide sales for a company called Aquin and I would go into an office and I would make a cold call. You know, this was like pre, this is pre, pre web people. So calling and cold calling was the way companies, (laughs) right? But I would begin this cold call with one simple thing that I did. I would disarm a receptionist by doing something very simple. Can I get your help for a minute? And with a long pause afterwards. And what I found is that no one ever didn't want to help me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. by phrasing it that way. So helping people, I think, is something we all want to do. And if we can position ourselves to uh, make feel like they're helping us, it actually brings happiness to them. Do you agree with that statement? And, and do you think that there's really something to that? 
Yes, I do. And what's really interesting is I'm reading the book by Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, and it just came out yesterday. So it's really mm. funny because I'm on book tour right now and I was traveling on the airplane between cities and it hit me so hard because she said people come up to her and say, I want to write a book to help. And, she, and Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, she's, she's funny. She goes, oh, no, please don't. Like, we don't need more people trying to help people because if that's your sole mission, then you've already failed. If we try to help people for the sake of helping them, then we've lost the joy of it. And so, and what she's getting at, and what I, I have subscribed to now, and what I'm learning, and what I know to be true is if you're helping people because you want to help them, you're forgetting about you. You need yeah. and want to show up for yourself first. And when you help yourself, and this is what I learned in my journey, when I showed up and helped myself, then I could help others. And so I healed myself from depression. Only then could I then be a catalyst to help others and, and start writing my books, you know? So I think it's, a, it's putting the cart before the horse. If you say, I want to help, I want to help, and your life's a mess. We can't help other people if we're not fully, fully addressing what we need to look at for ourselves. Tell us about storytelling. You mentioned that a few minutes ago, but how important is storytelling to your own life and your ability to convey uh, you know, a, a, a happy nature about yourself to other people that they can learn from and, and, and take advantage of, of with their own life. Why is story selling the critical element for that? Yeah, I think stories live within all of us. I mean, it's how we relate. It's our ancestors and, and all of the history stories are why and how we connect with people. And everyone has a story. So I think stories, you know, we live in a world, we have, you know, plants, animals, trees, all that. But there's also stories. The stories are what survive. And being able to articulate our story doesn't have to be a stressful thing. I think everyone has going has gone through something or is going through something. And they can share the story just by being present for someone else who might be going through it. And they can share, wow, I went through that too. That becomes a story. But for me, I love telling stories. And how I tell my stories through my writing and my articles and blogs and books is just by being true to me. I, I don't hold anything back. I'm very authentic in my writing, and I almost treat each article or each book kind of like no one's ever going to read this. This is just for me. And as I put it down there, I'm able to be more honest. And then, lo and behold, I publish it or it gets posted somewhere, and I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's out there. And that yeah. is the critical part of connecting with people because I'm sharing my truth. And that's all the world wants is for us to share our authentic truths. Do you have a formula for, for the way you write and communicate your, your, your posts and your blogs and now your books? And where did you learn that formula? That's a great question. I love that because writing is, is my number one passion. It's like breathing for me. So if I'm not writing, something is wrong. I start to get irritable. I start to get frustrated. So I've made it a daily habit to write no matter what, whether it's in my journal, a blog, or a book. I'm writing. And the formula I use is, is to really be honest with myself. Some of the articles, for example, I write are very much in a list format. And I'll, I'll write it kind of where each list item builds off the one before. But I always write from my heart. People ask, do I get writer's block? And I don't. I never have because if I'm blocked, I don't write. I go, I go to the gym. I'll go swimming, whatever it may be. And then the writing, the, it flows. So I don't think we have to strain to, to write or be creative. We just have to allow ourselves to be happy and joyful, and then it becomes natural. Do you research 
things you want to write about when you write them? Do you use the web to do that? Do you have a library of resources that inspire you to think about things and new angles on things and inspire your own inner experiences to get them out in your book or your blog or your journal? Yeah, you know, I have a lot of resources that I keep in, in play. I'm, I'm a sponge, so I'm soaking up things all the time. I was on the plane yesterday flying from L.A., and, you know, there was a conversation I heard, and it became very inspiring. So I have a notepad I carry with me all the time, and I'm always taking notes there. But where I get my inspiration is from life, from people, from friends, from my own experiences, and then I pull in research such as facts or, you know, psychological studies or anything like that, if need be. But most of my writing comes from my own experience and just living life fully and open-heartedly. What advice would you have for somebody that has tried books, has tried even life coaches, but just does not seem to be able to find the happiness that they're looking for? What do you think the problem is with that person or their attitude? And what one single thing might they try to, uh, to, to think differently? Yeah, and I, think, I don't think that there is a problem at all. I think it's about being in the journey of life. And sometimes we come to books, we come to coaching, we come to you know, interviews like this, and we want the magic bullet. We want to be fixed. Tell me the answer. And then when we don't get it, we become completely distraught. So it's almost this self-fulfilling prophecy that happens where we're almost, again, focusing on what's not working. And I think that's what's happening. Uh, anybody who's feeling like that, feeling completely stuck and like, well, I've tried this before, we're more focusing on the lack or what didn't work. But if we can really return to a place of recognizing that it is a true, I say, adventure with all sincerity, life is an adventure. It's a journey. And each thing that we learn or, or apply or research becomes part of a bigger plan. So there is no magic fix. It's all of the information we can get together that creates this beautiful tapestry, if you will, of, of you know, feeling happy and improved. And a lot of times we have to ask ourselves, are we more committed to our misery than we are to happiness? Being happy can be scary if we've been depressed or sad for so long. It can feel very overwhelming and we say we want to be happy, but we are actually more committed to being sad because that's familiar. And that's a whole chapter in my book as well, in Adventures for Your Soul choosing to, to focus on what really matters for us. How do goals play in? Do goals need to be a critical part of, of this recipe for success in your mind? Yes, I love goals just because being a goal-oriented person helps you feel more fulfilled, more focused, and, and have more clarity. I think goals uh, <clears throat> are very important, but it's important that we don't allow our goals to distract us from the reality of the present because if we're so focused on our goal, then we really need to be careful if we're offering any action with a specific result in mind. So, for example, if I were to say, I'm writing Adventures for Your Soul only so I can be a New York Times bestseller, like that would have hindered the whole entire process because one of my goals is to be a New York Times bestseller. And you see what I'm saying? The goal cannot distract you from the process. When it does, that's a habit that hinders our happiness. And, and it really is important to have goals, but to let them be goals and let them manifest and, and really show up they're supposed to instead of trying to push. We like to push as humans, and it's really being in the journey is going to help it be more rewarding. 
Shannon, your energy combined with your insights is really awesome. <laughs> you, 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 do talk, you do talk about 400 miles an hour, just so you know, so I'm sure people are going to need to re-record this to absorb much of what you... <laughs> I get excited. I've had people say that, thanks. Indeed. I, we have two final questions for you today. One is, how can people get a hold of you, and who would you like to hear from? Uh, so people can actually get a hold of me through playwiththeworld.com. And through there, you can connect. That's my website. You can also go to my Facebook page. There's a beautiful community of just people loving. And it's Shannon Kaiser writes W-R-I-T-S there. Yes. Yes. Shannon Kaiser writes. And I would love to connect with you there. And who would I like to connect with? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, So I would love to connect. I mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert a couple of times. I'm reading her books. I love her. I would like to connect with Elizabeth Gilbert and let's let's have her on your show. Let's both be on your show. (laughs) Perfect. Let's try to arrange that. Yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) But I also want to connect with all of the listeners here. I absolutely love hearing uh, questions and the insights that came up. I'm very accessible. You can go onto my website and leave comments. I'm always there as well. Terrific. Well, thanks very much for being on the show today, Shannon. Thanks. It's been a joy. Indeed. Until next week, everybody, I hope your life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser. And thanks to Shannon. Happier. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you next week. Yay. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.